G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Joy is a wonderful thing. And it turns out that Jesus died in order that we might have his joy. True. But sometimes, sometimes we squander that joy. What an incredible waste. Bernie Diamond, thanks so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're continuing on with the next message in this series called It's Time to Start Enjoying Your Life. Because you know what? That's precisely what it's time for, no matter what you happen to have going on in your life just at the moment. So let's head across to God's Word and please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you about a free booklet called How to Enjoy Your Life, a booklet that I'd love to send you to help you truly live in the joy of the Lord day by day, no matter what life throws at you. Over these last few weeks, we've been taking a look at joy, especially God's heart for us to have his joy in our lives, a complete and overflowing sense of joy. I don't know anyone who doesn't want joy in their lives. But I'm not talking about some fleeting happiness, not some warm and fuzzy that we get when we've had a good day or something good has happened to us. Those warm and fuzzies, well, they're nice, but somehow they seem to evaporate so quickly. Now, when Jesus talks about joy, he talks about something quite different. Have a listen. On that last evening together with his disciples, before he was to be crucified, He talks so much about joy, and what an odd time and place to do that. He's about to die, and he says in John chapter 15, verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. And again, you can read it for yourself in John chapter 16, verse 20. He says, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child has been born into this world. So it'll be with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one can take away that joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you haven't asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. And again, his final prayer before he's crucified, you read it in John chapter 17, verse 13. He says to God, his father, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Now, you see, when Jesus is talking about joy, he's not talking about a warm and fuzzy. He said all of these things just before he was about to be crucified. Clearly, he wasn't having a warm and fuzzy. There's a clear distinction between the world's happiness 
and the joy of the Lord. And he does this on the night before he's to be crucified as if to to draw a clear line between the two. He talks so much about joy so close to his brutal crucifixion. The Holy Spirit is nothing if not absolutely consistent. And again he draws this peculiar distinction by including in the New Testament a whole book about joy written by the Apostle Paul whilst he was in a Roman dungeon in chains and on death row. And we've been looking at that book over these last few weeks on the program. It's the book of Philippians. It's a letter that Paul wrote whilst in jail to his friends in the church in Philippi. Now let's continue there today. If you've got a Bible, grab it and open it up at Philippians chapter 2. Come with me into God's Word. I I truly believe, and I've seen it often in people, and I've seen it in days gone by in my own life, that we ourselves do so much to rob ourselves of this joy that the Master, let me say this quite deliberately now, that the Master died in order that we may have. That's the price he puts on this joy, his joy in us, complete and abundant and overflowing, how sweet it is. Yet we ourselves, we can rob ourselves of that joy which has such a high price on its head. Come with me now to see what the Holy Spirit writes to us through Paul in his prison cell about this tragic robbing. It comes from Philippians chapter 2. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you've got any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Don't do anything out of selfish ambition or, or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. The short four verses. So what is Paul saying to the Philippians? And what's the Holy Spirit whispering to you and me today, all these centuries on? If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ. In other words, if there is any benefit at all, from knowing Jesus, any comfort from his love, any fellowship with his spirit, any tenderness and compassion, if you've got anything out of knowing Jesus Christ, make my joy here in this dungeon complete. How? By doing what? Well, effectively by being humble. Here is Paul with his own life in serious risk, if the truth be known, shackled in a prison, talking to his friends in Philippi about such a serious matter. The thing that will rob them of their joy is their pride. Listen again to these words. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let me ask you this. How much joy is there in selfish ambition and vain conceit? At the end of the day, when all that matters is looking after number one, our own interests, it's so empty and hollow, and let me say, completely joyless. When we manipulate and strive to get our own way, when we harbour selfish ambition and vain conceit in our hearts and live them out in our lives, when we tread on people and destroy our relationships, in truth, what we discover is that we're completely alone. What joy is there in that? 
But when we in humility consider others better than ourselves, when we look after other people's interests and not our own, well, we turn that around completely. And that, my friend, removes a blockage to joy. Listen to how James and Peter put it, James chapter 4 verse 6 and 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 5 as they quote Proverbs 3:34. God opposes the proud but he gives grace to the humble. If we would have that deep and abiding joy of which the master spoke on that frightful evening before he was crucified, the joy that he prayed over us in that final prayer, that joy that he died to purchase, then let me say bluntly that we too must come to that cross and lose our lives. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. There are times in life when it seems as though laying hold of the joy of the Lord is pretty much impossible. And yet it's precisely in those times that we need his joy and it's precisely in those times that God wants to give you his joy. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called How to Enjoy Your Life. It's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you truly live in the joy of the Lord day by day. And indeed, at the end of each chapter, you'll find a series of life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. To request your free copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and I'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com, or toll free on one three hundred seven double two four one five. Now, one of the mistakes that we make ever so easily is to imagine that happiness and joy are the same thing. They're not. Happiness is something we derive from our circumstances. Joy, on the other hand, comes from God. And since God is the one giving it to us, then he's going to give it to us on his terms. So, what are his terms? Well, let's dive back into his word and find out. I remarked earlier in the program that a dungeon on death row is an odd place for Paul to sit and write a letter about joy. It's a short letter, just a few pages, but it oozes the joy of the Lord. Before the break, we saw that the Holy Spirit, through Paul's words, was putting his finger on one of the things that robs us of joy, selfish ambition and conceit, getting our own way. And he pleads with his friends, if you have any benefit out of knowing Jesus Christ, put all that other stuff behind you. Hmm. Well, that's easier said than done. I mean, we're all a bit selfish. We all want our own way. And one of the first words we learn to utter as little children is no. So how do we get beyond that? How, how do we grow and move on so that instead of being disobedient to God and being robbed of his joy, we love him through our obedience and live in his joy? The obedience, it's not a particularly trendy word these days. It smacks of old-fashioned, rigid, outdated religion, doesn't it? Yet John writes in 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, The love of God is this, that we obey 
his commandments. That's how we express our love to God. Okay, well, that much most of us know. We know the theory, but what about the practice? The prize is the joy of the Lord. So how do we get over our sin of selfish pride that robs us of that prize? Well, let's go on to see what the Holy Spirit is whispering into our hearts through the next part of this book, Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 5. He writes this, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and in heaven on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not just in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. This is a wondrous picture of the cross. Have you ever thought about it this way? I mean, it's tough for anyone to do to go to the cross, but Jesus... Jesus humbled himself. He stepped out of his glorious heavenly realm where angels bowed down and worshipped him and became a man. What a huge step of humility. And Paul is saying here, let your attitude, literally, let this be in you, just as it was in Jesus. I love that. See, Jesus comes first. He, He does it first. He never asks us to do something he hasn't already done. And when we hear his gentle call, we hear a call to follow him. Do you hear that call in your heart today? Follow me. Come follow me to the cross, the place where I poured myself out for you. Jesus, God himself, didn't consider what he was entitled to out of his love for us, you and me. He humbled himself and became, wait for it, here it is, that word, obedient to death, even such an excruciating death as death on a cross. And he's calling us here to lay down our lives, this great paradox. We think we can get joy our own way, but we don't discover the joy of God until we lay our lives down, until we die to self. This is the heart of the message of joy. So long as you and I reign as our own little tin pot, despotic dictators in our lives, There can be no joy of the Lord. So long as the self, selfish, self-absorbed, self-centered, wraps its tendrils around our heart, that heart will be constricted and all joy squeezed out of it. I mean real joy, the joy that comes from God himself. But when we go to him and say, Jesus, I crown you as Lord of my life, every part, every dealing, what I eat and drink and say and do and think and feel and hope and dream... Every dealing, every transaction, when we crucify that self on the cross, look at what happens. Jesus is exalted. 
And therein comes the joy. Listen again to his prayer that night before he died, a prayer that he prayed very deliberately for you and me, his final prayer before the cross, the purpose of his suffering. Father, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Do you see this? Obedience is a word of liberation, not of oppression. The sweetest paradox of the human experience is that the self is a ruthless tyrant. It is at the cross where we invite the Spirit of God into our hearts to breathe his joy into us. Here it is that peculiar distinction between the world's happiness and God's joy. Listen with me to the last part of the passage we just read. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more so in my absence, continue to work out your salvation in fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. We're going to come back and look at God's work in us after the break. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw ever closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional, a powerful scripture verse together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1300 722 415. So go ahead, sign up to receive fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. Now, with all my heart, I believe that God wants to pour his joy out on your life today in such abundance that words can't describe it. Remember, we're not talking about the happiness that the world offers. That's fleeting. No, no, we're talking about the joy of the Lord. But as we've seen... That comes on his terms. My prayer for you today is that God's word has quickened your heart to his purpose, his purpose for joy in your life. See, dying to self is such a scary concept, such a step of faith, and not just once but daily. Look at what Jesus says in Luke chapter 9, beginning at verse 23. Jesus said to all of them, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. This is the great paradox of dying to live. And you see, God wants us to shine like stars. We're going to look a little bit further at what Paul writes about that. And that's what happens when we have the joy of the Lord in us, because there's something that happens, something that the rest of the word sees when God is at work in our hearts, when we live the joy that can only be found at that cross. 
See, this last bit is so important because it speaks about the attitude we take as we suffer as the self dies. Make no mistake, death is always painful. When Jesus talked about taking up our cross daily and following him, he was talking about nailing the self to flesh. And the flesh will hang on for dear life. It will be prone to complain and to grumble. It will want to turn back to run from the cross. Listen again as the Holy Spirit whispers his wisdom into our hearts. We're going to pick up what Paul was saying at Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God, without a fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life, in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labour for nothing. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. See, humility laying down our lives at the cross stands out. But it's not humility when we complain and argue and grumble. Humility is when we submit obediently to the will of God, dying to self. At times in my walk where this dying has been particularly painful, I can tell you the power of the temptation to lash out and blame others, to grumble and complain. You see, dying at the cross never seems fair. I have rights, you know. I'm entitled, the flesh cries. But the Spirit of God calls us to this odd place to discover joy. Our attitude should be the same as that of Christ, who, being in the very nature of God, didn't consider equality with God to be something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a serpent, being made in human form and and being found in appearance as a man, humbling himself, he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. We should be like that. That's what Paul's saying. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. And here is what happens. We all of a sudden appear different to those around us, utterly different, otherworldly, like something that is rarely seen on this planet. We shine like stars amidst a crooked and perverse generation. We shine with a light of joy that only glows in a life surrendered to Jesus Christ. And that light is what will draw others naturally to Jesus. What a great deception of the devil it is to have us think that joy only comes when we assert our rights and follow our driving ambition. What a great deception. You see, the truth is exactly the opposite. Real joy, the joy of the Lord, comes in that bitter, sweet surrender of our lives on that cross. There is Paul in the dungeon. See how he he talks about himself. He says, even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith. See, Paul is facing execution because he preached the gospel of Jesus, not just to the Philippians, but right around the known world. Paul is coming to the end of his life and is looking martyrdom right in the face. He's looking death right in the face. And yet his greatest concern is the joy of those in Philippi, that they experience the joy of God, that they don't do anything through selfish ambition or vain conceit to miss out on the joy of the Lord. And here is Paul in this dark dungeon shining like a star. 
amidst a crooked and depraved generation. Have you ever looked up at the stars lately, away from the lights of a city and the smog of a city, and looked up at the stars and what a wondrous sight it is? That's what the Holy Spirit wants us to be in this world that's so dark sometimes, in this world where people just follow their noses and and do what feels right and, and look after their own vain interests. Jesus wants us to stand out and be different. And that joy is what makes us different. It shines like a star. The joy of the Lord comes in that bitter, sweet surrender of our lives on that cross. A lifelong surrender, a daily surrender. Take up your cross every day and follow me, said Jesus. A surrender that will mean loss and pain as the self is crucified, but a surrender that little by little will reveal this purpose of God, that our joy would shine like a star in a dark and hurting world. I want to encourage you, if you haven't surrendered all of your life to Jesus Christ, to do that right now. The prize is so wondrous. Yes, it's a step of faith. Yes, it's a scary thing to let go of things that we know are wrong. But the prize is the joy of the Lord. The prize is living a life where where God takes just who we are and who he made us for us to shine like stars amidst a crooked and depraved generation. Well, that's pretty much all we have time for today. Before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This Christianity Works program is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries to enter into the joy of the Lord. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. You see, each dollar that you give towards the Ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach over 2,500 people with the gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 can touch over 85,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely, online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet I mentioned earlier. It's called How to Enjoy Your Life. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on one 722 415 Hey, thanks so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.